Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. On the show this week, we're going to be discussing some more Pokemon Go, as well as some other rumoured Go games out and about, as well as some latest Nintendo NX news and a bit more No Man's Sky goss. I'm your host, Ewan Roxborough, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamer, just a singular gamer, two-man podcast today. Please welcome Jake Barros. Ah, uh, hey, yo, and how are you, mate? I'm good, man. How are you? Quite good. This is really weird, yeah. actually. When you started the intro, I was like, man, there's only two of us. This is... It feels odd. Well, it, I, th- I don't know. It, I think, like, we could have fun with this, just that you and I, we'll just have a bit of banter, we'll dig nice and uh, deep into the topics, really speak our mind. Really just have a good DNM. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be nice and nice and cosy, just the two of us. We're looking forward to having you all along for the ride, huh? Jake, what have you been playing this past fortnight? Uh, once again, I've been a little bit slack and I haven't really been playing too much. Uh, Pokemon Go, still a thing. Went on a walk today, caught some more Pokemon. Really good, mm. actually, with the update because all the uh, spawning nests have changed. Really good um, so with I'm... the update. Okay. Well, we're going to be getting to that later, but go on. Well, I mean, there's other problems like with it, but I just like it how, you know, Pokemon spawns have changed a bit. So now I'm getting all these Pokemon that I hadn't seen before and, and that mm. kind of stuff too, or or ones that I'd only seen in one location and haven't really collected many candies on. So that's been really good. Yeah. Um, apart from that, yeah, I haven't really been playing too much. I've just kind of been anticipating No Man's Sky a little bit, which we'll be getting into later on. Um, yeah. Because I want to do some like video content. I don't know whether my internet will be able to handle some streaming or whether I'll just kind of like record some and uh, throw it up later on. But I think it will be a good kind of game to do something like that for. Yeah, I suspect so. We're going to be talking about No Man's Sky a little bit, but I'm hoping it is kind of just like a fun sort of sandbox that we can get into and just kind of goof around. It's a shame we can't do it together. Like as far as I know, we're not. There's Uh, not going to be any interaction between players online. No, apparently not. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. I think there's many things about this game that we'll have unanswered questions until it releases. But yeah. until then, we'll just have to speculate. But uh, what have you been playing? Uh, really? Well, I too have been playing a bit of Pokemon Go. I've been doing a bit of traveling about recently. I've had a pretty busy week. Uh, so nice. I've not really spent much time in the house. But uh, having like my power bank candy and obviously Pokemon Go uh, all installed, like while I've been out on the, the trams and the buses and whatnot, I can be playing some of that, uh, which is which is good. But sadly, like not really catching much very exciting. I've kind of like slowed down the pace. I think you you start getting those high levels and it becomes a bit more of a grind. So I think I'm what really level are you go- on? I'm well. I'm only level fifteen, but it definitely oh, that's not feels like it slows down. I don't know. My my brother is like way ahead of me. Hell, my mum's even way ahead of me. So. <laughs> well, I'm only level twelve. If that makes you feel any better, right? Yeah. Well, it it definitely does. I think start to get a bit harder and starts to whittle out the people that are really serious about it and those that maybe just kind of jumped on the bandwagon. Um, but uh, you know, I'm still really enjoying it. I think. I think it's just a really clever game and I appreciate the way that it kind of fills my time as I'm out there and just encourages me to sort of explore new areas and take in sort of new locations and landmarks I guess I hadn't really paid attention to before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it is starting to encourage me to be a little bit more adventurous. Like there are some some lakes in the Melbourne area, for instance, like the Lilydale Lakes and whatever that everyone are like really hyped about. Apparently there's like a bunch of nests and stuff there. Like there was a popular... Tratini spawn, I think, but that's all changed now with the recent update. Um, but all the same, like, there, are, it's funny how these kind of landmarks are really sort of becoming 
quite central to the Pokemon kind of subculture, I guess, that's really developing <laughs> in, in these major cities at the moment. But uh, yeah, it's really neat. But we'll talk about some more Pokemon Go in a sec. Um, but I wanted to also ask you if you've been like watching much TV at the moment, because I just started watching Stranger Things on Netflix. Ah, Dude, it's on my list. It's Is so it good? good. It's so, so good. Okay, so I won't. I, I didn't want to stray into spoiler territory with it anyhow, but I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm only halfway through the season myself. Um, yeah. But dude, I was hooked on the first episode. It's so, so good. Like, um, I don't know. I, it... I don't know about you, but I grew up watching movies like E.T. and Gremlins, like these kind of 80s, oh, yeah, kind of yeah, goofy yeah. sci-fi films that followed a bunch of teenagers. Um, and it's exactly like that. Like, it just... It, it's nostalgia dealt with right. It's an original story, but with the codes and conventions that we all kind of grew to love, I guess. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's like a, like a supernatural mystery fused with government conspiracy following a bunch of teenagers in like a sort of rural American town um, following the disappearance of like one of their friends. And it's just, oh. it's spooky. Like it is genuinely scary at times. And just, yeah, the characters and the setting and the interactions they have and just the 80s setting. It's just, yeah, I just love that kind of thing. So definitely It's so funny because, like, it, when it popped up on Netflix, I was like, oh, that looks interesting. But uh, it, it doesn't look interesting enough for me to, like, watch an episode. And then literally, like, an hour after, everyone's, like, posting all this stuff about it. I'm like, oh. Well, maybe it is quite good. Does it do like the um, the Game of uh, Thrones like hook really well? Like right at the end, it's like, oh god, that was so good. I need to uh, watch it the next episode. Uh, yeah, I think it does. It doesn't. I don't think it overdoes the kind of cliffhanger in the way that, say, The Walking Dead does, where it kind of, you know, the fate of a character is left kind of on the balance, and you don't know if they're going to make it out or not. It's not like that overt. Mm. Um. But it always kind of, at least of the episodes I've seen so far, which I so stress, I'm only halfway through the season, um, yeah. of the episodes that I've watched so far, like, it ends with, uh, like, a new discovery, I guess, or um, an additional clue or question to the overall mystery. Uh, and so it just kind of, it's left me guessing as to what's going on. Um, so, yeah, it, it does the whole kind of mystery and various kind of subplots very very well um so definitely get onto it but i find it amazing oh, yeah, like how am. how viral these things become especially in the case of netflix like it got uploaded and within a matter of days i saw like my twitter feed just littered full of people talking about how good it was um mm. and you know power of the influence and everything i jumped straight on it and you know they were right like it's awesome but it's amazing that there's this kind of sensation behind these netflix shows in particular um, yeah, I'm, I think Netflix like does it really well because they have like that trending now section mm -hmm. and that like popular on Netflix or whatever it's called. Yeah, and like they're the first two things that I always check. Like, what are other people watching? Like, what are, what are things on here? What are TV shows and movies that I haven't even discovered yet? Because mm -hmm. like most of the time, you know, someone will find something, they'll watch it, and then you know three other people watch it and then netflix kind of picks up on like these little trends they're they're mm. very good at kind of just like picking up on what people want you know they chucked on the pokemon uh series first yeah. season like as soon as pokemon go started trending so yep, they're so very in tuned but yeah that's mm. it. That's all I had. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think Netflix are a very, very clever company. And just the way they upload the whole season once, obviously, just uh, 
really works to the benefit, I think. And, you know, it works to the benefit of audiences too. So it's a bit of a win-win. And I have something caught on the back of my throat. <laughs> just I'm like, shake. oh, God, don't die, you and We still have the rest of the podcast to go through. <laughs> it's been eight minutes and 30 seconds. I was just trying to, trying to talk <laughs> through it, like hoping it would loosen up. <laughs> but it really wouldn't. <laughs> oh, it's gone now. It's all good. It's all good. Oh, well, thank God. we've got a bunch of new game releases to get back uh, onto the topic of games. Um, and some good Do you ones want me to... Week. Do you want me to read them out to yeah, give you why, a throw it out? Why not? I'll just go and grab a glass of water. <laughs> okay, okay. Should I should I read them out or wait for you? No, you can just read them out. Go for it. Okay, so games that we have releasing this week, guys, always hit us up on our socials at PressStartAU if you are keen or are picking any of these up. So uh, first and foremost, we do have Abzu. I think that's how you pronounce this one. I always do that. I should just be more confident with it. Uh, but that is releasing on Steam and PS4. You can grab it as of right now. Uh, our review is actually up on our website as well if you want to see it. I've heard good things. Some of the team that are playing it are saying that it's absolutely stunning. So it may be one to grab. I'm back. Are we talking about Abzu? We are talking about Abzu. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I think... Uh... Maybe I should double check. the The review is out, though, right? Like the time Yes, is... I did just mention that. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. And did you mention the score it got? Uh, no. Would you like to? Well, Drum roll. I just <laughs> want to double check because we were talking about it earlier, and I, I wasn't. I just, you know, it's hard to tell when people are joking or not. No, oh, okay, I, I have it right here. They yeah. weren't joking. Yeah, they gave it a ten. Yeah. That's awesome. So who I've forgotten who Insane. did the review now? Uh, I think it was James. James. It was James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James seems to give out a lot of tens, so I haven't read out uh, the review yet. <laughs> to uh, see if it's justified, but uh, I'm sure he's a he's a good writer, so I'm sure it is justified. Yeah, yeah. And I think the third 10 off my memory from this year. Uh, yeah, what is it? Firewatch, Abzu, and what's the other one? Uh, and Inside. Ah, yes, 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 yes. yes. All yeah. these indie but games, all, Yeah, all these indie games just killing it at the moment. Um, I know Firewatch is still controversial, but <laughs> I'm going to stand by that score. <laughs> Be confident. Yeah. Stand behind your review. I wrote 3,000 uh, words explaining why. If you still doubt me, <laughs> read those and then we'll chat. <laughs> uh, what else is releasing? We have Batman the Tale Series Episode 1 is out. It is releasing on absolutely everything. PS4, Xbox One, PS3, 360, PC, and your mobile uh, you know, devices as well. So you can grab that right now too. This is definitely one that I uh, I might have a look at grabbing myself. Is it? Yeah. It's priced, isn't it? Or is it free? Sometimes they do free stuff. Uh, no, I think it's priced. So I think... It's priced. The way Telltale usually do it is that you buy... You can buy the first episode or you can buy the season there and then. But the season's only like 25 generally from memory, I think. Something like that. Um, so worth doing, like I think. I I don't know. I, I've heard pretty good things about this first game, this first episode. Um, yeah. But Telltale, generally speaking, do pretty good stuff. So if you like Telltale, and if you like Batman, I think this will probably be pretty good. But yeah, I, I'm gonna jump into this one too. I think. Oh, shizzle. We also have, uh, for all you board game lovers out there, we have Risk or Urban Assault on PS3 and PS4 coming out. You can grab that right now. Uh, did you ever play Risk, Ewan? Uh, yeah, I'm a big Risk fan. Oh, um, really? I never got into it. We had the board game and Dad was like, it's the best. I'm like, it requires too much thinking. Yeah. So, you know. like, one of my favorite memories from growing up in high school, I guess, right, was yep. um, one Australia Day, like, being around at a mate's house. Um, or it was like, 
a friend of a friend's, I guess. It was like a bunch of people from his school and we went to separate schools and we went around to his house and we spent all night on Australia Day playing Risk and just, we had like about three tubs of ice cream and we just passed out like 12 spoons and we're all just, uh, it was, it was you glorious. big nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is out doing the Australia kind of thing and you're, you're at home playing well, Risk. Well, we had done all that. Like that, this was like at four uh, yeah, in the yeah, morning. Yeah. After Radio. a map is run. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Look, it always intrigued me. Actually, I have um, I have Game of Thrones, the board game, which is very Risk-esque, and we've played it like once mm. um, when I got it like last year, and that's it. But that was that was pretty good. But who knows? Yeah. I might um might jump on the Risk I hate, bandwagon. I hate to maybe. mention The Walking Dead twice in this podcast already, <laughs> but I've got The Walking Dead version of Risk, and that's really cool. Because it um like introduces a third force or like you know like a like um like an AI I guess like an NPC kind of role right, where right. it's the zombies and you draw like a card each turn which controls movement of the zombies so it's kind oh, of cool. cool like you can you know how people in I don't know okay you don't know much about risk but like no. occasionally people hole up in a particular section of the map um, okay. and they just kind of like strengthen their forces there and they don't really get very adventurous and it can get a little right. boring. But like okay. what this um this opposing force of zombies I guess does is it could mean that like a whole bunch of zombies just kind of like randomly spawn on land they control and just totally screw them over. So it's like a really neat version of the game. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll take your word for that uh, <laughs> since I am not a risk player. But it's so odd like all these board games are coming to consoles. We had Uno come out last month. Yeah. So uh yeah, weird. Yeah, it's it's cool. I don't know. Like I know people get into it. I've been really tempted to pick pick up Settlers of Catan on my phone just because it's so awesome and I just want to play it all the time. But uh, I I don't know. These games are played better, I think, you know, on a tabletop with your friends around and stuff rather than yeah. limited to the confines of your phone screen or your TV or something. I don't know. Maybe in the day when we have tables that are actually like computer screens and stuff. Yeah, where we all like a, wear a new layer. Oculus sets and it's just like a virtual table and we never leave houses again. We just do all what? our shopping through VR and we never I risk meant... injury again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at an actual table. That would be cool. But sure, if you want to wear goggles 24-7 and do that, then oh, that's, that's I... your choice. I'll be at my real computer table. Are you uh, going back to like, uh, uh, when I'm was it they like... were doing this? There was a period, I don't know when, probably not that long ago, when tabletop computers were like the in thing. And at CES and everything, like you had Microsoft demoing off these kind of dining room-sized tables that were just one large computer screen. I have this? no idea, but I'm I'm going like full like minority report here, where the thing <laughs> pops up on the screen and I shoot it to someone else. That's, right, that's what oh, I'm like it's for. all graphic and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I reckon yeah, I a uh, I reckon a board game on that would be dope. <laughs> but anyway, let's go get back to what's actually releasing and not what's going to be releasing in like a hundred years. Uh, we also have Overcooked on PS4 and Xbox One. That is also available right now. I have no idea what this game is about pretty sure it's got something about crazy cooking or something like that you and you haven't seen anything no we should introduce the name a on new this. segment where we have like games unknown to us and we have to try yeah. and just try and guess what the game's about oh yeah we could um like uh what's that game um not like taboo it's called something you know where like you get a title and you have to come up with like what you think it is and whoever's like got the most convincing one 
Nah, I know I spent about oh, like God. five minutes talking about video games, but uh, sorry about board games, but yeah, not an expert. <laughs> it's some, it's somewhere around the house. If you know what I'm talking about, hit us up on our socials. Uh, we've also got the Xbox One S released today as of the uh, Tuesday is when we're recording this, so the second. Um, so I know a lot of people were quite keen for that as well. Uh, Ewan, you have an Xbox. Are you going to upgrade? Uh, no, I'm not. I As much as I'd like to, I don't see the need to. Um, I have seen some places like doing some pretty good deals in terms of trading in your older Xbox, and I must admit that was particularly tempting. Um, but I don't feel like I'd be making the use of all this has to offer besides a slimmer version and it's probably not worth it entirely for just a slimmer version of the console I own. Um, I got like the Halo edition one as well and it looks pretty cool and makes a cool like Halo startup noise when you boot it and I don't know if I'm quite ready to give that up yet but uh, I can I can see why like if people had been humming and hiring about Xbox might want to go on this now um, especially with the lineup they got coming out later this year like this this could be the break Xbox needs but i don't know if it will be it, it could be i could be wrong but i doubt it doubt it will be but you know it's neat they've done a good job with the design sadly i just think it's probably a bit late at the stage that's fair enough that's fair enough um i think what have we got two more games two more games okay batman arkham knight game of the year edition we spoke about this last podcast um yeah so we know i thought it was coming out last week i'm kind of confused but I maybe i had it wrong no last week and this week it's correct or you can Maybe. either play it now or you can't, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> you either have been playing it or you're yet to play it. Yeah. Uh, so one of the two. <laughs> guess guess what, guys? You could have bought it last year when it was just the original edition, not this yeah, faux Game of the Year edition. Still stand by the fact that no one I know gave it Game of the Year. Yeah, for sure. And then the last game releasing this week is called Little King Story on PC. Uh, looks like a bit of a, a top-down kind of a, a little game, adventure game there. have no idea what Jake it's Barrels. about. It, it looks, looks cute. like a cute top-down little game about a little yeah. king. Put that on the, the, the reviews and the ads for it. Is it it's but, not a um, platformer, is it? It kind of strikes it doesn't, me. It's, 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 it kind of looks like uh, Zelda. We're we're, like playing, we're playing our new game. Guess the game. Describe the game. <laughs> what, what is this game? I'm um, by overcooked as well. Oh, it looks kind of cute. It's got a cute art style. Oh, it's Which okay. One? It looks kind of Final Fantasy esque. What? Oh yeah, yeah, Little Kings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It looks like an RPG kind of thing. All right. It doesn't look like my kind of thing. <laughs> I'm just watching. You... <laughs> I was just watching the trailer and narrating it to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Already? And the listeners are saying, wow, these guys definitely do work for a gaming website. Yeah, these they guys, know nothing. A lot of games <laughs> come out, all right? <laughs> we uh, can't keep up with them all. We can't. I'm too busy playing Pokemon. Speaking of Pokemon, though, Jake. Um, ah, great segue. We've, uh, thank you. I'm working hard on these. Uh, so we've got this recurring topic at the moment, Poke Pandemic, where we talk about all the latest Pokemon Go news and what everyone's freaking out all about. Uh, and what has been happening recently is there's been a massive update to Pokemon Go, um, and mm. people are ringing the death bell for the wildly popular augmented reality game. Uh, so Niantic have now scrapped the bugged radar system from the game. Uh, for some time now, obviously, the steps which indicate how near a Pokemon is to your location has been broken. It's like permanently stuck at three footsteps. Um, 
But yep. Niantic's solution was to scrap the, the step system entirely. So mm. whilst they still appear on the radar, you've got no indicator as to how close or how far they may, may be. Um, additionally, they've closed down third-party systems that tracked Pokemon, uh, such as the popular website PokeVision. Um, mm-hmm. There's obviously doing very, very well at the moment. Uh, so, Jake, before I throw it over to you, um, we had a bunch of people tweeting in about this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't forget cool. you can you can reach uh, us at Prestart AU over on Twitter or on Facebook, however you want to message us in uh, to share your thoughts. Um, you can obviously tweet either Jake or myself as well. Uh, but we had at Demonic Dragon tweet in saying, it's basically put those who don't live in the city have a limited time to spend playing at even bigger disadvantage. Uh, yeah. Yeah, what do you have a thought on that? Well, specifically, like he's talking about, like the I guess the PokeVision websites yeah. and things like that. Yeah, look, I don't think it's a big deal. Like, I feel like this game was created for the reason of going out and exploring, and you know, going. It, it would drive you to go to new areas that you may not have gone to before. So, I think PokeVision, if we're gonna call it anything, it's somewhat of a cheat code. You know, you're yeah. you're going, you're finding out where these Pokemon are spawning, when they're gonna spawn. Like, I get, I, I get the frustration if you do live out rural, um, but I mean, like, that would have been a problem regardless. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if 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 you're only surrounded by so much, like, yeah, of course you're probably gonna be disadvantaged a little bit. But, I mean. I, I don't think it's a big deal. I know everyone, there's going to be a lot of people listening being like, what the hell, Jake? But I just think the game was made to explore. PokerVision kind of took that away a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit of a cheat code, a little bit of a hint. Um, so Yeah, well, yeah, I'll rattle through a couple more of these before sharing my thoughts, but I sure. partially agree and partially disagree with you. Oh. Uh, so at Ryan M. Unicom. Uh, writes in again via Twitter, says, game was already starting to die off anyway, can't put out half a product and expect any longevity to it. This will kill it. We'll get to that more sort of the death of Pokemon mm-hmm. Go in a second. Um, but uh, then Sela, uh, at Sela, writes in, uh, it's not fun when there's no way to track. People lose interest. B underscore Ardino, uh, or Dino, uh, also messages in, either fix footsteps or leave PokeVision up. Can't see the reasoning behind this. Oz Enforcer, reckon the antic would have been better to embrace the idea rather than shutting it down. And Lucatius underscore K writes in, finally saying, they want uh, want to drive as many players as way as they can before they start selling the bracelet. Um... So, you know, some pretty harsh words being thrown around. People calling it the death of Pokemon Go. People saying they're starting to drive audiences away. So some people really coming down on this hard. Um, I think I will say that I agree most with at Sela and B underscore Odino. um, Them sort of saying that it's no fun when there's no way to track. And and then B underscore Odino saying that Mm. either fix footsteps or leave PokeVision up. I think I agree with them. Um, 100%. Part of the fun was being able to track Pokemon. Like, I'd be sitting around the house, and I'd see, like, a Lickitung pop up, for example, and I'd be like, holy crap, like, I need to leave the house right now and track this yeah, thing down. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I had great experiences doing that. Um, so I think they should have kept up, kept one or the other up. Um, I think it probably would have been better to have fixed the footsteps, honestly. I think that was a good way to do it. They were still... Yep you know, some detective work involved with that. 
Um, Absolutely. But people don't really have the option of either now. And so the game has kind of changed nature. Like it is a matter of us kind of stumbling around and just more or less hoping that something good will pop up on our screen. I guess we can kind of put ourselves in positions where we have a higher likelihood. Um, but, you know, when something pops up on the radar now, it means pretty much nothing to me because I'm not going to be able to like scout around like a one kilometer radius area in an attempt to find this Pokemon. Um, so, yeah, like, I- I'm kind of disappointed there's not that hunting uh, element to it anymore. Where-, where do you come down on that? Oh, I absolutely agree. Like, yeah, going out for my walk uh, this afternoon with the dogs, like, it just... I can see all these Pokemon around, and it's just like, well, I have no idea how close I am. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, I kind of uh, put my phone in my pocket, have my headphones in so I can hear when one pops up. But, yeah, it's kind of, like you said, you know, the excitement is seeing those kind of, like, footsteps, you know, drop, go from three to two and then one, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm really close. And it kind of drives you, to, yeah, to kind of run around a little bit more to, you know, find exactly where this is. And now it's kind of just like, oh, well, you know, you're near this. But it could be, you know, 10 meters, it could be 500 meters, but you have no idea. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, it definitely takes kind of that detective like element out of it, which once again, it was designed as an exploring game. How can you explore if you don't really have a compass to help you out? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think out of the two, out of PokerVision or the footsteps, they need to fix the footsteps and bring them back in because, you know, that is very much more player-driven than, I guess, you know, checking on a map where can I go to find this Pokemon? Oh, yep, there it is. Let's drive there and get it. So, mm. Well, the, the beauty with the game was that it was quite an involved experience. Like, you would kind of constantly be monitoring your screen and, mm. and going out and, 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 yeah, as you said, like tracking these Pokemon. But rapidly, it's becoming more and more of a passive experience. And I don't think that's good for the longevity of the game at all. Um, no. You know, if it gets to the point where I'm just responding to notifications of Pokemon, which is kind of what may happen with the bracelet anyhow, then I'm eventually just going to ignore it. It's just going to become a nuisance. Um, the way for this game to survive long term, I think, is by having people invested in it and heavily involved with it. And if it is just like a passive sort of reaction to notifications, it kind of loses its fun, I think. Um, yeah. Sure. So yeah, but obviously the the Pokemon Go Plus accessory that I mentioned there has been delayed as well. Uh, are you disappointed that we're not going to see this anytime soon? Uh, somewhat, yeah. I I think it's definitely something that they probably could have released before the app came out or with the app. It would have mm. done a lot better. Mm. So now that we haven't seen it, it's kind of one of those things. Is like, well, we haven't had it yet, so you know, there's uh, there's somewhat no more no more disappointment you know, with that kind of news. But yeah, I mean, if they're going to keep having these little issues that are more so backtracking the game than pushing it forward, then it's only going to kind of dig them into the ground a little bit. And I mean, you know, props to Niantic. They're you're obviously learning as we, you know, they go. Uh, obviously, it's got bigger than they expected and, and they did kind of well to kind of, you know, anticipate the server issues and everything. But now it's like, now's the time to really get on the ball, you know, fix the things that the community is asking for, put the things back that they want back. And, uh, you know, hopefully, because Nintendo's the ones making the bracelet, hopefully they can kind of just get on board with what the community wants and kind of just drive it home a little bit more. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think if they do want Instagram sometime, they do have to be prepared to listen to the community. Um, yeah. But I am, I am kind of worried about this. Like, I my interest in it was already starting to fade, anyhow, and I, I know to speculate that. I am going to become more kind of disinterested in it uh, now that I can't really particularly kind of hunt any Pokemon down. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I, now I'm not even so sure I'm going to buy the Pokemon Go Plus accessory. Like, had you asked me Ooh. a week ago, I probably would have been, hell's yeah. But now I'm just like, I don't know how much longer my interest is going to really stay with this game. Am I, am I just going to just not bother with the accessory and save the money? But... I don't know. Yeah, it's hard it's to see. A good if, they, point. if they did kind of fix it up a little bit, I I could be straight back in. So, yeah. Well, we never know. Like, I mean, the updates coming with battling and trading may just add a whole new element That's that kind true. of flushes this out. You know, people were used to this game that you know they got into and they loved the elements that were there first. No one likes change. Yeah. Now that something's changed a little bit, obviously there's uproar. Mm. But you know, we might come through another change that add some elements that people love and they're like oh well who cares about footprints and who cares that poker vision shut down like yeah so yeah who knows yeah yeah watch the space for sure but speaking of of go and of go games uh there was some unsubstantiated rumors in the week uh about mm. niantic uh, supposedly acquiring the rights to harry potter to make a harry potter <laughs> go mobile game uh, obviously in the spirit of pokemon go it set it sent twitter into an absolute frenzy but sadly it may not be true um, it got me thinking, though, Jake, you know, we're obviously kind of notorious for making these awesome video game ideas that sadly may <laughs> never become a reality. Uh, so if we were to ask you of what your ideal Go game would be, would you, would you have like a property or universe that that might exist in? I don't know. You asked me to have a think about this before the podcast. And like, I was looking at the games I had. I'm like, oh, which ones could work? Which ones wouldn't work? Like, you know, obviously we have things that you just wouldn't even go near, like Call of Duty and Battlefield and things. Um, I was looking at The Division. Like, that game could possibly work as like a Go series. You know, apocalyptic world. Got to find resources to kind of survive and things like that. Um would it work well probs not but uh the ones that i have on my desk here like that's probably the most i guess realistic out of them all um the other one's gta and like obviously we've seen all those memes pop up about gta go and that would just be devastating uh so definitely (laughs) let's not touch that but um yeah i don't know like we've talked about it like you know pokemon related uh kind of games with pokemon go and everything like i definitely think they should do a a pokemon snap kind of style game Mm. uh for sure like i i think we've chatted about this like off air and you kind of express concerns if my memory serves me correctly, well, I, well, but I'm I think not, that like, game see, would be I, good. I've not really had much of a huge attachment to Pokemon since I watched like the first season way back when and played Pokemon Boo. Yellow. Uh, so I, I'm totally really unfamiliar with Snap. Like, how would that work? Well, I mean, Pokemon Snap, Nintendo 64 game. You know, you, the idea was that you were this. I think the kid's name was like Todd Snap or something like that. Um, like, and he just went through the levels and took photos of Pokemon. And, you know, he had a couple of items that would help him kind of like, uh, I guess, uh, get Pokemon out of hiding. So one was the Pester Ball that there's been a lot of rumors that that's going to be in Pokemon Go. Um, I think there's also a Poker Flute. So if a Snorlax was sleeping, you could make it sit up and get a good picture of it by playing it. Um, <laughs> 
you know, that kind of thing where, yeah, once again, you go out in the world, you explore it, you find Pokemon to take pictures of, and once again, you're trying to fill up a Pokedex of all these, like, good photos and stuff. And then they'd be able to bring in, like, systems like Firewatch had, and you can get, like, your photos printed and things like that as well. Like, that would just work really, really well. Yeah, that'd be amazing, actually. I'd be down for that. That that sounds really cool. That Firewatch system that they had was, was very, very neat. That was very cool. So, I, I've um, obviously been thinking about this, too, being my topic. Yeah, like, yeah, what, what did you I, have? What would I come up with? Um... I was a Digimon fan, maybe uh, more yeah, so yeah, than yeah. Pokemon. Like, I don't want to start any kind of fanboy <laughs> war, but, uh, but maybe, like, a Digimon Go would be pretty cool. Um, but even, like, I was thinking what you could do with, say, kind of a Disney sort of property. Like, I was looking at Disney yeah, Infinity, and imagine mm. if you just kind of applied that same sort of, uh, I suppose, wealth of characters and whatnot... Um, to a ghost style game, we could go out and you could collect like Mickey or Captain America or you know various things like that. Um, yeah. I don't know if that would work. It obviously it doesn't quite work the same way. Like Pokemon Go is like the perfect kind of fit for this kind of thing. Um, but you know maybe even like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, like these kind of huge kind of properties you got to them. Um, but then like I was even just looking at my collection there. Like you said, you looked at your collection. I'm like, oh yeah, I should do that. What kind of games have I got that would work? Um, and maybe like an Uncharted style game where you're out there kind of collecting <laughs> relics and stuff. Again, not as cool as collecting these kind of little creatures that you can train up and then fight each other with. But I don't know. Anything Uncharted, I'd probably like. Um, <laughs> Eat it up. Yeah. You'd be like, yes, come to me. <laughs> I guess it's got me like a lot more interested in mobile gaming though and the sort of applications you for could sure. have for it. Yeah. Um, so uh, maybe someone cleverer than myself will, will come up with something. Um, How would Harry Potter go work though? Like I, like what would what would that be? Like you just well, there's like a spells. lot of creatures in in Harry Potter. Like the, they didn't all like, kind of make it into the films. Them. No, they they don't. But I don't know about like fantastical beasts. Uh, I don't. I've not read that. But yeah. I think there is like some degree of uh, like kind of. I don't know if zoos is the right word, but people kind of like collecting and studying these mythical creatures. Um, so maybe they could do something like that. And if like if you imagine a wand on the screen and then like you know, swick, flicking battles. your finger in a certain way and casting <laughs> a spell, like you can kind of imagine that. Or maybe you have to kind of uh, wave your phone and the accelerometer I can see, like I can see it now, like a wand or something. You can buy these accessories where you could plug like a fo- uh, a wand into the headphone jack of your phone, or get like these cases that have like this <laughs> wand extending out. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, obviously, Harry Potter with like the new book out is just like all the rage at the moment. So it would make sense, I guess. Talking about clever ideas, there. Sadly, we're not coming up with any. Maybe Nintendo <laughs> aren't coming up with any clever ideas too. Uh, in the week, there was some recent news um, about uh, the Nintendo NX, courtesy of the Euro- of Eurogamer, which claimed to have some sources reinforcing some long-standing rumors about the upcoming console. Uh, the report mm. suggests that the NX will indeed be a hybrid console, one that is portable but can also be connected to a TV to be used as more of a traditional console. Uh, design set sketches show detachable controllers from the screen, allowing it to stand the screen up separately, as well, of course, as holding the device as one complete unit. Uh, the report also claimed that the system would use cartridges for its game, so physical media still alive oh, and really? kicking for Nintendo, apparently. Yeah, exactly. So this is all wow. news to you, 
Jake, you somehow well, missed it in the week. I don't know how much well, of this no, no, you've no. heard. Now that you read it out, I'm like, no, I, I did hear about like the, the portable kind of um, yeah. concept for it. I think and the news I didn't broke know, like, the kind of as like... we were recording the last episode or like just after, yeah, as Nintendo news sense. often seems to. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, uh, what do you make of this news? Of detachable controllers, a hybrid system, cartridges? What do you think of yeah. all that? Yeah, well, I was having this conversation with Shannon um, when I was down in Melbourne with you guys and like... I was just like, how is that going to work? Because we were playing Wii U and I'm like, yeah, I could see myself like picking up like the NX if it's like this portable device that I can easily just dock at home and then play on the TV. But I'm like, it's got to be smaller than this Wii U controller. Like that's not something that you could easily like chuck in your pocket or, you know, put it in a backpack and not feel like you're going to break it or anything. Like they've got to have a really smart, I guess you know, uh, mechanic for that console. Because if these, if the controllers are supposed to be detachable, well, how easy is it going to be to accidentally detach it if you throw it in a bag and, and things like that as well? So I'm like, I'm keen for the idea. Mm-hmm. I just have no idea how it's going to work. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, if it's got the sort of form factor that the Wii U gamepad does... I don't think it would work. Um, no. Just, it, it'd just be way too kind of clunky. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of the equivalent of carrying another laptop around in your bag, I guess. Um, mm. But if it does, if it has like the form factor of, say, an iPad or something, um, oh, and if it does the kind of controls in kind of a clever kind of ergonomic way, uh, I could be down for it. I, You know, I don't want kind of like two TV remotes kind of, clicking off the side of it mm. um like if they're kind of wiimote like i think that's just going to be a bit of a nuisance um well if you think about it though like sure. if it's if the controllers are supposed to detach and work as separate controllers yeah then what is the button button system going to look like like surely then there'd have to be two analog sticks uh-huh. like yeah so one on each yeah then what are they going to have like they'd have you know, I think like A, B. the images were yeah like a D pad on your left hand and then your A B X Y buttons in your right hand. So when you detach them, someone would be playing A B as like up down left right, and someone would be playing like A B Z Y or whatever they choose uh, to do. Well, I guess for multiplayer games maybe, but I was I, I imagined it would be single player still. Like you would kind of detach the controls from the side and still be able to like almost kind of like holding a Wii remote and a nunchuck kind of thing. That's the way I sort of imagined it. Do you get what I'm saying? I so you're yeah you're seeing it more as like those detachable controllers are for player one. Yeah, and then you buy a separate combination as player two. Maybe I, again, like we don't really know, but I well, yeah I, I guess in that case, like what would be the benefit of setting the screen up or rather than just kind of holding it together as one unit? I don't really know. True. I don't really know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is my thing. Like, and Shannon was like, well, sure. Like it has to be that bulky though. Like if it's going to be like, have all the technology in it to kind of give good graphics and good power. I'm like, well, yeah. like if they get, like, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the news release that they're putting, uh, like the NVIDIA, like uh, the mobile processor. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's going to be. I think it's going to be somewhat more of the specs and tech that we see in tablets and mobiles than anything else. Maybe a little bit more spruced up. Yeah. But 
I, I definitely think we could see something on the thinner side than the chunkier side for sure. But yeah, the controllers is what just kind of blows my mind. I can't think of any way that it could work, but hopefully they surprise us. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like it, it kind of worries me. I, if I'm playing on the go, it's kind of tricky. I don't quite, I can't, I don't think this has ever been done, but like I, I wish that for portable gaming was kind of more centered around the controls than it was the screen, yeah. if that makes sense. Cause like with the, yeah. with the Vita and the 3DS, it's kind of clear that they've, they've started with the screens and like, okay, how, what do we want the screens to look like? Mm. And then kind of tried to add controls around that. And it kind of makes it a little unergonomic and stuff like that. Mm. Um, Good point. So I, you know, I'm the kind of person that experiences hand cramps and stuff quite frequently when I'm playing, playing these <laughs> games. Like I have quite big hands, so it's kind of hard for me to kind of navigate these smaller devices. Um, so I wouldn't mind something that's kind of chunky and, and, and hefty, um, you know, especially if it means that it's going to have extra processing power to be able to handle higher fidelity graphics and larger games mm. and whatnot. Um, but still, like, if it's kind of this kind of thin iPad-like thing that I'm just kind of fiddling with these controls on the side with, I'm going to be a little more concerned. Um, I wish it was maybe more in line with the NVIDIA Shield or something like that, where it's kind of more of a controller with, like, a flip-up screen. Um, well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe we're just thinking about it too conventionally of what we've seen before, and maybe they are going to do something a little bit left field like that because that makes sense yeah. if they have just like a detachable screen on a controller then i can easily see that kind of joining on taking the screen off putting it in the dock and then switching to the tv instead yeah yeah but we haven't seen that like properly for a while or at least not commercial like super commercially mm-hmm. yeah so but but i guess if we remove all those kind of practical limitations out of the equation um in terms of like the theory, I really like the theory. I, I like the idea mm-hmm. of a hybrid console. I like Absolutely. the idea, you know, like cross-play and cross-save. So they kind of introduced one between the PlayStation and the Vita was was really really cool. Um, and if they kind of went the natural next step with this, to just having like a universal sort of system that just kind of carries and docks own or docks across yeah. into your console experience would be awesome. That'd be so so cool. Like playing Zelda Breath of the Wild like that. I'd be all over that. Um, Yeah, you can easily throw it in a bag. Like, you know, if you're traveling, uh you can take your home console with you. You can still play the great games that you like to play at home on the go. You don't need to worry about, like, managing save data or anything like that. Um, Yeah. And you don't necessarily need to worry about having lesser of an experience. Um, Mm. That being said, like, just my kind of natural skepticism seeps back into it, though. though, (laughs) Because we've talked about, uh, portable gaming in the past and whether or not mobile games could ever kind of supersede console games. And I'm adamantly, adamantly in the camp of no, like mobile games will never supersede console or PC gaming purely mm. because of the size. Like it just, just like as a way of lore, I guess, uh, a bigger piece of machine can always house more power than a smaller piece of machine. Um, sure. At times the gap may be smaller, but I don't think we'll ever like come to a moment where a smaller piece of technology is going to have the exact same power as a larger piece of technology. That just doesn't make sense oh, to me. Oh, for sure. So if Unless got... we get into some weird like advanced technology kind of stuff you see yeah, on sci-fi Yeah, like movies, by the time like dark matter and nanotechnology close. gets in the mix, like, <laughs> yeah. who knows what's going on, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, like 
you're at, if at home you're always going to have this kind of large box sat on your computer, it's always going to have more horsepower than this kind of tiny little pocket gadget that you can take with you. So I think optimal gaming experiences will all be always be associated with consoles. Um, then to get back to the Nintendo NX, does that mean that we're sort of sacrificing fidelity of games at home on a console plugged into our TV for the sake of being able to take that game with us and for it to be portable. Um, I think, you know, when we saw Zelda Breath of the Wild, people were underwhelmed by its presentation. Um, honestly, I, I thought it still looked fine. I was just kind of excited mm. by the mechanics that were showing off. But yeah. at the same time, like, would we have a better looking experience if the NX was just a standalone uh console uh, home console uh rather than this hybrid thing um i have th- they had to make a yeah. sacrifice i mean i think the thing that nintendo has in its favor though is that it's never been at the forefront of like amazing graphics or anything like that you know like sure like uh, i can't i think it was the wii u kind of introduced you know mario kart hd and things like that and we we saw a, a really like crisper graphic design than what we've seen from the past with nintendo but like i think that this may work in the, their advantage a little bit they're not you know they're not gunning for the top position that you know xbox and and sony you know always have with their latest consoles so you know not having to really worry too much about that graphical horsepower might actually kind of be in their favor with this one. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, <laughs> like the Wii U, for example, if we're to use that as a case study, that, that came out of the time where it was kind of a step behind already. Um, the Wii, obviously, in terms of power, paled in comparison compared to the PS3 and the Xbox 360. Um, and it ca- it came out, ahead of the PS4 and the Xbox One, um, but it was kind of just kind of matching the power of, of that, that generation's uh, consoles. Anyhow, so I'm talking about last gen, so I'm mm-hmm. talking about PS3s and Xboxes, Xbox Ones. Um, so by the time, you know, the PS4 and the Xbox One came around, it was superseded again. Um, and a- according to your logic that you just kind of said there, that shouldn't have <laughs> been a problem. But the problem was that they didn't, have the kind of first party games they didn't have the kind of quality experiences that really drove sales uh so without the third party support of like a a nice looking kind of quality experience that you would get on the ps4 or the xbox one like it didn't it, it, it lost on almost all grounds um which i thought would be something they would try to tackle more on on the case of the nx because like uh they have to be able to compete on a third party level. Like if third party publishers and developers are always going to get more power and kind of create the kind of experiences they want or they envision to create, uh, technically speaking, uh, they're going to side more so with what, what PlayStation, what Xbox are doing. Um, that being said, if the NX is able to incorporate something else that really, excites them i guess or opens up new opportunities for them as developers then they may well in fact pursue that um but in terms of kind of pushing their art to the next level i feel like developers are going to go where the more power and the more opportunity is so i feel that if nintendo still kind of don't want to fight them on that level maybe it won't work but you know like i i suppose historically speaking there have been times way back when you know, if we go back 
10, 15, 20 years where still they weren't operating with much power. They were still able to make amazing games and sell lots of consoles. But yeah, sorry, I'll let you speak, Jake. What what did you want to say? No, I was just going to say like close close to that like thinking back in history like have you have you ever kind of seen a nintendo game that you've gone holy moly that is like awesome graphics that is awesome like you know art design like things like that i don't i don't think there's well, been... art design yeah like i think you can obviously make your game stand out in terms of art design and game design uh which is historically but what comparable nintendo have to... done um I'm just thinking in terms of being able to have larger, more like deeper, intricate systems. You know, that's yeah. that's what power comes into play. It's not always the raw graphics. It's, yeah, the, it's the mechanics. And, yeah, the mechanics. It's what you can kind of spawn. It's what you can have animated on screen at any one time. Like there are so many sort of factors in play. And I feel like with... You know, personally, if it was me developing a Zelda game, right? You know, I'm yep. I, I'm very, 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 very novice when it comes to the uh, the aspects and the process involved with with developing a game. But if it came, if it was up to me to sort of design a Zelda game, I'd want to have it exist on a platform where I was able to really utilize all this power to create this immense world. Yeah. Have it like you know, have kind of complicated weather systems, have complicated kind of enemies. You know, if you look at The Witcher, right, the the amount of power that needs to have as much kind of density, yeah. I guess, to it as that game has. I don't feel like you could get something out of a system that's designed to be both portable and home. Like I don't think we've ever seen something like that though on Nintendo. No, but maybe like that's, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe it's time for us to see something like that on Nintendo. Yeah. I, I know. I, I, I know. Like, I don't think Nintendo is in there to change a lot. We know that they isn't, you know, aren't they? Isn't that what Nintendo have always done? Haven't they always kind of pushed the boundaries? They've tried to revolutionize gaming in one way or the at other. S- at some point, maybe like like. The Wii was the last time we really saw a massive revolutionary step with them, but like since then, like I, I feel like they've just been a little bit out of it yeah. in terms of trying to push that. Like, who knows? I think like the NX, you know, we might see something crazy like you know the dock that you have attached to the TV then introduces more power uh, or, or something. Yeah, you know, we might see a, some kind of like extension to you know this portable device which may look at taking over their ds consoles and things like that now and then the dock is you know the power horse then to drive like that kind of you know mechanical power and and graphical power on the tv but yeah yeah that's that's very very true i really hope i like i'm really hoping like you are right and they do have some kind of like just something up their sleeve that will really kind of get them back into the game and and this be the next massive kind of like revolutionary step in gaming for sure. Yeah. And I don't I I do want to kind of not seem too harsh on Nintendo I guess to like <laughs> to give a little bit of perspective like um the Wii U obviously didn't do well at all. Like it's been no frankly a, a disaster for them. Uh yeah. but prior to that they had the 3DS and prior to that, they had the Wii. And prior to that, they had the DS. All of which were huge successes for them. Um, and as you rightfully said, they weren't the most powerful things there. What they did do, however, was introduce some sort of new mechanic that got 
players and developers likewise excited. And they, obviously, motion controls was huge, um, mm. and that got got kind of casual gamers, mainstream gamers, really sort of enthused with games. It was something new. It was something revolutionary, and it opened up new opportunities for developers to experiment. Like you know. They they weren't always great games, but like motion controls kind of opened up new possibilities for Just Dance or yeah, Star sure. Wars games swinging a lightsaber. Uh, yeah. If we look at Zelda games, it meant that you could physically swing your sword and stuff like that. Mm. So mm. although it wasn't competing on a power level, it had other kind of unique characteristics that gave developers some sort of new kind of thing to play with. Yeah, I worry that the NX isn't going to do that. Um, uh, and without that, I worry they're it? not just going to like really uh, encourage third parties to jump on board, which makes them reliant on their first party, which again is okay. Like I, I probably would get this just to play first party games anyhow, but that's assuming first party games are of a high quality. And f- if we look at the Wii U as a, an example, again, like first party games weren't enough to carry that console. Um, so I don't know. I'm just trying to like find, trying to explain like why the NX didn't work for some reason, uh, and, and then try and take those lessons and apply them to the NX. And I I feel like, I I feel like the NX has to do something different. It has to appeal to gamers and developers alike and give people a reason to make games for its console and give people a reason to play games on its console. Um, without either of those, like it just won't won't necessarily work. Or I suppose, like first and foremost, it's encourage players to play the console because regardless if players are there, uh, no, regardless on the technology itself, if players are there, then people are going to develop games for them. That just makes business sense, I suppose. But yeah, I know. Does does that make does that make sense? Um, that, are you getting what I'm saying? That, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel it. I I get what you're you putting feel down. Me. You is, feel that me. The, is that the same? Yeah, I I agree. I think they definitely need something that you know we've seen in the past that has been those like epic changes that have really got engaged gamers. But I think we need something that's not a gimmick. That's actually like everyone's like. Oh my god! Like that just changes the way that I want to play, rather than being like, oh yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll find out. We will. We will certainly find out. Oh, another thing we're going to find out is what's at the center of No Man's Sky's universe. It, of its, of its universe. Uh, but someone may have already beaten it to it. Um, no Man's Sky is one of the most anticipated games, of course, Jake. We're super excited for it. Uh, but one player really? has already managed to get their hands on a leaked copy and it's claimed to have already reached the center of the universe, which is obviously the sort of core goal, the core objective of the game. Mm. Uh, Reddit user Damien is kind of spelt D-A-Y-M-E-E-U-H-N, but I think it it must mean Damien, like the name Damien. Anyhow, I thought that was cool. Uh, (laughs) Claims that it only took him roughly 30 hours to get to the center of the universe. Um, Obviously... Uh, Shannon, who wrote this, it was glad that the game ends at some point, but the developers make it sound like it would take weeks, if not months, to get to the center of the galaxy. So Shannon's words there, not mine. But uh, he's kind of right that we were kind of given the impression that this was going to be a long haul sort of thing. So people are surprised that it only took kind of 30 hours to get the necessary upgrades to a ship to make it to the center of the universe. Um, But what are your thoughts on this, Jake? Is this kind of a worrying sign for No Man's Sky? Are you kind of worried that it may be a bit system light, like we've kind of speculated in the past? 
Yeah, I think I think the thing with this is that we need to think about what what are our expectations for this game? Are, were we wanting a game that would take us months and months and months to get to the center of the universe, which is somewhat of the you know the whole point of this game, or were we wanting a game that played like a normal game but then gave us plenty of other things to do either after that main game objective or along the way? You know, like roughly you and like in terms of an average playtime for main story for a game, what what would you want? Uh, yeah, probably like thirty hours is probably the max for me, to be honest. Like so, um, yeah. So like at the moment, No Man's Sky is hitting that mark. Yeah, in terms yeah. of a normal game. Yeah. So but like, uh, if if we're to look at these kind of massive RPGs that I've spent some time with over the last couple of years, um, The Witcher and Fallout, I kind of put about. 50 hours into each of them respectively mm. and by that i was kind of like hitting hitting my limit but these were games that were like supposedly 150 200 hours plus right with yeah. with dlc um but yeah like I, I i think you're right when it comes down to expectations and i think you and i have kind of been aligned to our expectations of this game um you know i think we kind of both see it as being a fairly system light sort of a space exploration game where the sort of sense the kind of core goal is to kind of explore and collect resources and catalog stuff like we don't expect it to be that deep i guess but i do think people have got it in their heads that this is kind of kind of a game of infinite possibilities and i guess it, that is kind of like it's marketing but i think it's obviously referring more to the amount of planets that it can create rather rather than what you can yeah. necessarily do uh yeah for sure and i mean like the thing is like i feel if you know getting to the center of the universe wasn't somewhat in a achievable time range then everyone would be be complaining that like oh well you just get sick of going through planet after planet a planet like what am i going to do play it for a year before i have the necessary resources like i don't it's it's one of those things that i don't think people would have been happy regardless of which way it's gone and we don't know the game's not officially out yet like it's a leaked copy so you know this guy could have really like just rushed through it he wanted to be the first one ever to get to the center so he's just done what he needed to and i think he does mention that he kind of he did stuff along the way but he had that goal of getting to the center Mm -hmm. um you know, for myself, like, I look forward to kind of taking my time. Like, I will probably spend a good maybe week to two weeks just exploring planets and, you know, not really going or gunning for that center yeah. kind of a uh, gameplay. But, you know, I it's definitely perception and expectation-wise, I think, with this game. You're going to have people that want to explore, like, the 18 quadrillion billion planets that are going to be in it and there's going to be people that just want that glory of like oh yeah i got to the center well that's the point of the game where i don't think it entirely is yeah so yeah i agree i think like people have kind of got the purpose or the meaning behind this game maybe just a little bit wrong um i could be i could be totally wrong there like i i I don't feel any like anyone particularly knows what this game is all about. I think they may have been a little coy in its marketing to not mm. reveal everything. I'm hoping that means that it's going to be will be a big surprise and we're going to be like totally blown away with how much there is in this game and how involved mm. it really is. But I suspect it will be. I don't want to say an experiential game, but I think it'll be more kind of one that is focused around exploration, around kind absolutely of collecting and cataloging and just kind of taking in the kind of wonders of the universe necessarily rather than sorry rather than necessarily 
kind of changing the landscape and crafting and having yeah. this kind of epic kind of story of your own creation. Like, I don't think it's going to have the Minecraft level of involvement. I think it is going to be somewhat lesser than that. Um, yeah. I'd happily be wrong, though. And I think in terms of a technical sort of standpoint, I think what this game is achieving is monumental. Uh, and like you said, like, I'm probably going to spend the first week just, you know, flying to different planets and just Mm. taking just you know being gobsmacked the fact that i can fly off a planet into the atmosphere and then oh, up so into space to, to another planet like i think the yeah. novelty of that will keep me going for some time then i'll probably get stuck crafting my ship and making my ship look pretty for a week and then yeah. i'll probably be working on weapons the third week after that and whatever but in terms of like having in terms of this being the next big thing, like the next kind of like this year's biggest game, I think people are kind of going to be a little bit ho-hum on that. Like, I don't think mm. this is going to have the same level of reach, the same levels of height of Minecraft. Like, obviously, that's a huge thing to say. Minecraft is insanely big. Yeah. But, you know, I, I kind of hope, I think maybe it was my hope, maybe it was other people's hope that when we initially saw it, like this is going to be this just crazy big kind of game where you really can just kind of, explore and you can craft what you like and it, like it's going to be minecraft but with space travel and stuff that's kind of what i hoped mm. when i saw it like but i think in yeah in terms of a sandbox it is going to be rather system light in in reality yeah absolutely and i mean if you were like that sounds amazing and i'm now being like oh my god <laughs> if it's that that would be so cool but yeah i think it's a bit of an overkill for expectation wise yeah. as cool as it would be um but that's why i think like no Man's Sky, I think, is going to be the perfect game for, like, streamers to be streaming, for video content to be, because, like, there's so much to do and so many different places and situations to explore. You know, everyone's going to be, like, or wanting, probably going to want to be, like, oh, like, oh, this is a video that says about, you know, this planet, that looks different, I've never been there before, or, hey, that planet seems familiar, even though that's highly, probably unlikely, um, you know, and, and seeing, like, where people explore and what people find, because if it's this, like, randomly generated kind of environment and maybe even resources, probably not too much, um, but like it, it, I think it's just going to be the perfect game for people to want to see what others are doing, um, you know, try and replicate it themselves or trying to find like, something similar. Um, you know, it, it's going to be kind of like reading an explorer's book, I think. Yeah. You know, all, everyone's different content. You're familiar with the story, but, you know, you can have so many different accounts of what's going on. And I think that's going to be like, the pinnacle of what this game's going to bring. Yeah, I really hope there is kind of heaps to explore and things to discover and things to interact with. I I I hope that is in fact the case, but I feel like I've kind of overhyped this in my head a little bit. It's probably more so my own fault than anything. Like I, <laughs> it, it feels totally wrong to criticize Sean Murray and Hello Games in any way here because what they've done with this game is truly oh, incredible yeah, like amazing. just the, the genius behind it is monumental um unfortunately i sort of feel like my brain and my imagination just kind of went into overdrive and i was like well wouldn't it be awesome if you know i can get like a bunch of buddies together and we all meet up and we kind of f fortify this planet like we make it our own thing and we kind of collect mm. resources and we make kind cool. of buildings and turrets and then we eventually kind of build our own kind of ship and we build like an armada and we go out as like a bunch of marauding space pirates <laughs> and we go and fight other enemy alien planets and stuff like that you and have a 
uh, we try and steal their resources. Like, yeah, like this is the kind of game (laughs) that was kind of conjuring up in my head, you know, way back when, when we first kind of saw it. Um, And I probably got a little ahead of myself. I'm let's be honest. So I don't, I think I've kind of scaled back my expectations a lot since then. Uh, But, yeah, I feel like not everyone has, and I feel like this will probably have a bit of a mixed reaction. Um, all the same, though, again, I don't want to discredit like what Hello Games have achieved here. Like this algorithm that kind of pro- generates these planets and these creatures and all that is just monumental. And the fact that they've been able to put any systems on top of that at all is just, you know amazing um they're mm. obviously very very talented people it's only a very small team so full credit to them uh and yeah. even if it, this is a game where it is just yeah purely more exploration it's a kind of nice kind of evening game where i can sit down and sort of unwind and just kind of dawdle around in space for a little bit before i head to bed i Absolutely. think i'll probably some be somewhat satisfied with that anyhow if that uh, you know. yeah yeah that makes total sense and i think if anything this game is going to do it's going to open up the doors two games being developed like the one that you've been longing for you and like you know so i think once this game releases and everyone realizes what it is you know then there's going to be more developers out there that might build on that idea hello games might do a no man's sky 2 that you know it does allow for you know maybe more of that sandboxy play as well but you know once again we will have no idea exactly what this game is like until it comes out because I don't think there's really been any game like it. Yeah. And with that, let's end what was episode 63 of the Suckass. Actually, hang on. No, let's not. Let's not end. Because I did want to <laughs> I did want to ask Jake. <laughs> trick, yeah. Um, yeah. We've, we've both seen Suicide Squad, which will be out uh, yeah, the yeah, day yeah. after this podcast goes live. So it'd be nice and yes. timely and relevant. Um, let's probably not fair to go into spoiler territory with it. Uh, but what did you think of it? To give my honest opinion, mm-hmm. I thought it was a solid average movie. Yeah. You know, so, you know, five or six out of the ten rating scale there. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it, like, I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. and but I wouldn't say it was, like, an awesome movie. I wouldn't say it was, like, oh, my God, I didn't come out raving about it. Yeah. But I definitely enjoyed my time watching it, and I definitely think it was much better than Batman vs. Superman. Mm-hmm. Um. It definitely drew me in a lot more in terms of like the humor and definitely maybe more of like the uh, more emotional scenes and things. I actually like felt for the characters a little bit more. I laughed with the characters a little bit more. Um, I think there was definitely some really great portrayals of, you know, Harley Quinn. I think Will Smith did a good job at that uh, Deadshot character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Maddie was asking about, I can't remember his last name, but Jai. Courtney, is it? Uh, yeah, I think so. The Aussie guy, Captain Boomerang, right? Yeah, which definitely put on the Aussie accent a little bit more. Um, but I think I think the characters that we saw, majority of them did a good job in, you know, portraying what they needed to portray. Yep. Um, definitely there's some flaws in the movie. Definitely could have been a bit better. But I think it's definitely, you know, if you want to see it, if it interests you, no harm in doing it. It's definitely one that I'd say, yeah, sure, go to the cinemas to see it. It's not one that I'd say, nah, just wait for it to come out on DVD. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think for those of you that had an interest in seeing it already, uh, go and see it. I think you'll yeah. you'll get enough enjoyment out of it. Uh, for the people that were maybe on the fence or, you know, kind of indifferent to it, I'd would probably say 
there are better movies out that you can go and see at the moment. Maybe pay more attention to those or watch yep. Stranger Things on Netflix. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, for those that did want to see it, go and see it. Um, I think structurally I had problems with it. The first act was rushed. Um, yeah, I probably would have included scenes that happened later in the film earlier on. Um, but I think it didn't kind of overly dwell on one character for too long. I thought everyone kind of had a good kind of show, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. But it did kind of typical kind of superhero movies of it would kind of inconvenience the story a little bit or the flow of the story for the sake of making a joke or having one cool kind of set piece or whatever. Um, little kind of niggly things like that annoy me, but I agree. Like a solid kind of average movie um, is a good sort of kind of rundown of it. And certainly, yeah, like if you were going to go and see it, go and see it. I think you'll get enough enjoyment out of it. I don't want to deter anyone away from seeing it. Uh, yeah. It definitely once again and like batman vs superman did it definitely had too many obvious elements of setting up the next couple of movies that they're wanting to do yeah like i think marvel do do it really well where they don't really bring super obvious fact that oh guys we're doing this so the next movie makes sense really you don't think they do that (laughs) <laughs> well they i know they do it but they don't do it in a way that's like that was the problem you know, like with age of ultron it was just like yeah. way too but it's not as bad as like batman vs superman where it's like what's on this usb yeah, and then they true. spend like five minutes going through justice league yeah like, you just see all these file directories on screen yeah for way too long. I, yeah it's it's kind of like that there's moments like that they do them better but there's still moments where you'll like you come out being like oh well they definitely pointed towards this movie that's coming out like so yeah 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 cool 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 well with that this time let's bring it <laughs> into what was episode 63 of the Startcast. be sure to subscribe to us on itunes or any other podcast service of your choice uh, as well of course it's following press start on facebook twitter and youtube at press start au and visiting the site of course at pressstart.com.au uh you can send us your topics you can join the conversation whatever you want to do interact do with us abuse us whatever you fancy doing uh, tweet yep. us at press.au <laughs> or you can tweet myself, Ewan Roxburgh, on Twitter at Ewan T. Roxburgh. Joining us today was Jake. Yeah, thanks for having me, everyone. Woo! <laughs> Two-man podcast. Um, but yeah, you can you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Jake Barros. If you do pick up No Man's Sky, definitely hit me up and let me know what you think of it. I think I'm going to pick it up too, maybe day one. So... Let me know. I want to know what everyone's experience is like with this game. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to know that too. That'd be very interesting. I'm going to be caref- keeping a careful eye on your retweets, Jake. Um, <laughs> but uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, Jake, I just wanted to say, like, nice two-man podcast. I thought we had it was yeah, a good chat was good. today, and we got nice and deep and we did really kind of dissected the issues occurring in the sort of gaming world at the moment we really did we did have a good dnm like we said at the yeah, start. Look yeah at that. we did and a good ah. like solid hour and 10 minutes thereabouts it's uh very oh, very meaty indeed um obviously know what the wiki this week a bit tricky to play a game when there's only one contestant um, uh, well, just give me a point anyway yeah and i can't just give you a point by default jake i'm sorry <laughs> oh, okay uh, stick up for the rules <laughs> um but yeah be sure to bring that back next week uh and speaking of next week we will see you then until next time this is you and signing out happy gaming everyone bye guys